I don't know. So, How do you say it again? Wait, what'd you say? Madam? No. <laughs> no. You, you, can, you can say it that okay. way. Okay. Okay. Welcome to episode seven of Dial M for Movies. I'm Khadija, and I'm joined by my incredibly funny, incredibly pretty, incredibly witty co-host Olivia. Thank you so much. You're welcome. This week's episode, we are taking a look at two movies. Uh, The first one is S.J. Clarkson's Madame Web, and a recent-ish movie, Sean Durkin's The Iron Claw. But as always, before we get into all of that, I want to mention that we post regularly on Instagram and TikTok. So check out our page, Dial M for Movies Pod, the four being the number, not the word. And if you could also rate us five stars on Spotify, we would really, really appreciate that. Okay, I'm going to turn it over to Olivia. How have you been? What have you been watching? I've been good. I I find the the weekend after a long weekend is somehow worse than the week that followed like going back to a two-day weekend i'm like no this isn't enough (laughs) it's horrible isn't it yeah um but i have been watching many things thankfully take me through um so i've obviously been continuing my game of thrones watch i'm on season five now it's been interesting so far the pilot was definitely the worst not the pilot like the first episode of the season was definitely my least favorite so far i feel like nothing really happened I feel like but, that's the same for all of it. Because you're just building up to what yeah. is supposed to take place on the 10th episode. Yes. Something okay. crazy Ooh. always goes oh. down <laughs> on the 10th episode of that's Game true. of Thrones. So I'm waiting for that. Um, yeah. Don't love whatever's happening in King's Landing right now with this like weird religious army. Oh. Not a fan. <laughs> is it the one with the with the bloody forehead? Like, I don't know. Yes. Cross? Yeah, yeah. The sparrow something. Mm-hmm. Um, Not a fan of that. And Arya is just kind of hanging out in Bravos right now. She's probably my favorite storyline happening right now. So mm-hmm. excited to see what she gets up to. But other than that, me and my roommate binged all of one day <laughs> last week. Oh, in one day. No, shut up. It the emotional roller coaster <laughs> that that took us through. Oh my god, it was bad. Like no, it was an amazing show. Like so good. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was distraught. Okay. At the end of the day, stop. I, I need to. You're reading it, it right? Yeah, you're yeah. Reading it first. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we need to have a. Can we have a proper discussion once I finished? And watch? yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, they did such a good job with it. I'm a big fan, and I'd never seen the movie, so I still haven't seen the movie. Oh, I've okay. only seen the show. Um, I've seen I think so they many good, good edits that I, I have saved. I've seen like one <laughs> second of it, and I saved it. And I'm like, I need to come back to this when I yes. actually watched it. I'll send you some too. Oh my god, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go. Um, I also watched Dick's the Musical uh from 2023, directed by Larry Charles. It was so silly and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think it premiered at TIFF. I and I really wanted to see it at TIFF and it kind of got mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. Um but and it was fun. Like I I found it kind of crude to the point of boredom almost. Like sometimes oh. it was like too much i was like i'm kind of over this shtick you guys have going on yeah but i still enjoyed a lot of the characters and megan the stallion is in it i was gonna say yeah she makes does she have an actual role is it a yeah like no she like comes she like plays their boss and she does a whole song she's really good actually (laughs) oh that's amazing i mean she's pretty like 
she's just playing Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> like she's not playing a character. <laughs> it's like her, but like as a boss. Um, but she slays, and I love her. I also rewatched Kick Ass, uh, directed by Matthew Vaughn, after <laughs> last week's episode. I was like, I need to see if I still feel the same about this movie, and yeah, I do. Um, oh, okay. Underappreciated in its time, I so thoroughly enjoy the action sequences and the soundtrack. And everyone is so good. And Aaron Taylor Johnson is so hot. <laughs> Does it qualify as a superhero movie? Yeah. I think okay. it is based on a, maybe, if not a comic, then like a graphic novel. Oh. Um, I think it is based on that. I'm pretty yeah. sure. It's so, it's so good. I would recommend it to anyone. I Oh, I watched uh, John Wick 3. I've seen the first two, but I watched John Wick 3, like Parabellum or Parabellum. Yeah. It was okay. I like the first John Wick and the second one was also okay. And I thought this one was also just okay. I don't yeah, like the first one is incredible. The first one is so good. And he has yeah. such a complete story arc. Yeah. It's like the dog gets killed. Let's get revenge. No, seriously. <laughs> and like since then, I'm like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Mm-hmm. But the second one, he goes excommunicado. And that one's also really cool. Yeah. And well, so this one follows. He's also still excommunicado. And then he kind of teams up with Halle Berry, who's like also, oh, we know an assassin. Is the second one where he's ex- does he get excommunicado? He's excommunicado in the third one that I just watched. Oh, okay. I okay. actually don't even remember what happens in the second. second one. All right, forget me then. <laughs> um, it was okay. Like I don't love John Wick. I, I like I've heard the fourth one is good, really good. So I'm excited to see that one because I like Rina Sawayama. Mm-hmm, I was gonna say acting debut yes she's so good i love her music um so i'm excited to see what she does in the movie but i thought the third one was just okay but i wanted to watch it before i watched the fourth one and uh i also rewatched dune uh part one in preparation Mm -hmm. for part two which i'm seeing on thursday i'm so excited Wait, this thursday this thursday shut up I, i don't know why but cineplex always plays the movie a day before they actually come out like their release date yeah so it's it was like scotiabank imac 720 oh. february uh 29th i'm very I'm excited watching it on tuesday like march 5th i think okay i'm not sure i didn't buy the tickets but I, someone, <laughs> else, someone else did and i i was like yep yeah, i'm down yeah amazing i'm we should discuss that when it's when it comes out but. absolutely I'm so excited. Um, and Dune Part One is so good. Like, I haven't watched it since I saw it in theaters in 2021, and it was so much better when I understood what was happening. Like, in the theater, I was just trying to like deal with like the scale of it and like yeah. take it in. Did you watch remember- it IMAX? I did. Okay. And then I was like, I'm not sure if I'm understanding the story really? at all. <laughs> and then. Since then, I've, like, learned much more about it, and then I watched it on the this weekend, and I was like, oh, my God, this movie is so good. <laughs> Not only is it, like, beautiful and the soundtrack is amazing, but, like, yeah. I'm so enveloped in, like, the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's honestly, but I, I didn't feel that way because I'm, like, dumb as shit when it comes to sci-fi. Watching Dune, that was my one fear. I was like, I really want to see this movie. Obviously, Timothy and Zendaya, but then what uh, that's not my region you know what i mean and then i watched it and i was like no denny actually he does a really good job of like breaking this world down yeah and making it enjoyable and it, it, people who 
aren't into sci-fi can still understand it and like follow the story Mm -hmm. and it was really it's really smart the way he did it and you can tell he has a lot of passion for this project for sure and um the the books and whatever but it's still problematic but yeah no we're gonna we're gonna discuss that when we get to to dune yeah like at the end of the day it's just like it's a story about colonialism um Mm -hmm. and so i think at the time at watching it the first time i was like let me just try and deal with like i'm trying to like pick up on the nuances and instead of just like figuring it out like i just need to like watch it and like understand what they're saying and like the parts of it it. and then so it was much better this time i really really enjoyed watching it this past weekend um and i love rebecca ferguson i feel like she was because everyone was so hyped about timmy and zendaya like people kind of put her in the background i guess maybe not as much maybe maybe they didn't i don't know but she's so good like i love her yeah honestly Um, like i said mother okay mother she's so good and when she gets the voice like her face is so intense she's so perfect in this role and the last thing that i watched was the empty man uh directed by david Pryor, which is a supernatural horror film from 2020 um and it was pretty good i it, I saw like a picture on Twitter of the like the being, I guess, like the creature in it. And yeah. it was like a bit it was ooky spooky. I was a bit <laughs> off guard. Um and I watched it and it's it's pretty good. Like I enjoyed what they did. It was way too long. It was like two hours and fifteen minutes. It was much too long for a horror film of this caliber. Two but hours. I do not know why it needed to be that long. No reason. So wait, this is not a Blumhouse one, right? No, it's uh, I don't even know who produced it. Because Blumhouse is the, they do not run for two. No, hours. it was like they said hour and a half. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, they're they're quick. Ninety minutes. Um, no, it's not Blumhouse. It was, I think it was an indie horror, and and it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I don't know if I would recommend it to people. I would say if you're into horror like that, then yeah, I would check it out. But if not, I don't think it's really worth checking it out. Hmm. But yeah, that's me. That was my week. How about you? Um, I've had a slow-ish week. I still gotten like two new movies. Yeah, two new movies and a rewatch and a TV show. Um, first one, I watched a documentary. It's a basketball documentary on um Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm I'm butchering his last name Whoa. so hard. But Giannis, I love you. Anyway, this movie is called Giannis: The Marvelous Adventure, which it's covers his childhood and his brothers and his rise to fame in the NBA. Um such an inspirational story. I I really really loved it. This is like Giannis is a name that like has that's been thrown around my house for quite a few years. Um this is an NBA household in case you didn't know. All I knew was that he was like a really good player. But to get to learn where he came from to where he is now and what he's done for himself and his family and I think regardless of what you do in life or who you are, you can walk away from this documentary like in awe of like his strength and inspire to work and be better at what you do. It was really it was really great um, and would 100 percent recommend whether you're a basketball fan or not. Wow. Yeah, yeah I will. It's a great one. Um, then the second thing I watched was a TV show called The Regime, and that was uh, for work and it's coming out on march 4th i want to say starring kate winslet matthias schoenartz andrew riseborough hugh grant is in it um 
Yeah, it's about um, uh, so a regime, and Kate Winslet is the head of it. She is the chancellor, um, and it takes place within a year of this like modern European authoritarian regime, as it literally unravels. And I did not like it. Oh, really? I feel bad for saying it. I thought I would have honestly, like, if I wasn't watching it for work, I would have waited for March fourth and been really excited, but. Yeah, um, I got to talk to the cast, which was really cool. Um, most importantly, I got to talk to Mateus Schonartz, who is Booker in The Old Guard. <laughs> Olivia. Olivia? What? Girl, when I tell you. Did I you was... bring it up? Of course it did. Of course okay, good. Okay. I did. I said, I was like, okay, I can't leave you without asking about The Old Guard too. Like, am I getting it anytime soon? <laughs> I was just like, no, like, this is so important to me. And in the email, <laughs> the people said, do not ask about anything other than the show. Like, no personal lives, no other projects, but I don't give a fuck. I was there. I had to do mm. it. NDA, uh, be gone. Exactly. I don't care. <laughs> but then he was just like, yeah, you know, I, I'm i waiting to hear back from the people like that at uh, Netflix or whatever. Um, I should be hearing about a release date within the upcoming weeks release date so release it's ready to go date. so it's it's right i think they're doing he said they're deep in post-production last time i heard so i get it i get it but two years that he shot a year and a half ago and he was just like um but he's like do you know anything do you want do you have anything to tell me i was like <laughs> no sir i'm coming to you that's why i, I need i'm the answer so oh he's so attractive and so he gave really great answers as well anyways he just got bumped he's one of my elite employees now you know <laughs> You are promoted. He's been promoted. Absolutely. Um, and then I rewatched Triangle of Sadness, and that was at work. Um, and honestly, a great, great movie. Like, so good. It is so well constructed. I love the three parts. There's the Yaya and the Carl's part, and then you have the boat, and then you have the jungle or whatever. And fantastic all the way through the last time i watched it was at tiff like the first time i watched it was at tiff um and yeah just the whole narrative of it like eat the rich you know how crazy and obscene the rich sometimes the requests are and how it plays out when they're all on an evil level playing field especially when abigail the worker on the ship becomes the the captain on the so it's just like, good it's so it is hilarious too like i never like i realized that it was funny sorry there's something in my eye i realized it was funny watching it but the way in which i tried to stop myself from like howling in the office i was like okay <laughs> i need to i need to take a pause on this and resume it when i'm at home it's just so good and so funny um and yeah the movie ends in a fred again song which i didn't realize i didn't and remember that it's it's called uh what's it called we we are dancing or oh yeah and um, i wasn't a fan of fred again when when i watched it into back in like 2022 but now i am and i was like oh i know that <laughs> and so now there's like a niche list that i have on letterboxd of like movies that end in fred again songs and that how to have sex is in it and now triangle sadness <laughs> and i can't two. there's all, just those two <laughs> and i can't wait for more movies to be added to the list absolutely um, yeah i would also indoctrinate harris dickinson as my personal companion if i was sticking stuck in a jungle oh absolutely she's so smart he's, for that absolutely so hot in this movie bro he looks so good this is where i first fell in love with him the final movie that i watched uh this week 
is one that I was so excited for. It finally came on VOD on Thursday, and I watched it on Thursday. It's called Femme. It's a crazy, insane British thriller um, about this man named Jules who is targeted in a horrific homophobic attack. Um, I've heard of this. Which then ruins his drag career. And then he plots to get revenge on his attacker when he sees him at a gay sauna. And that's all I'm going to say on that because the less you know, the better. But just know it left me on the edge of my seat. And if I were the type to like bite my nails in any anxious moment, my nails would have been chewed off. Like it would have been gone. Girl, every five seconds I have to pause and like explain to my sister why I'm so nervous for <laughs> Jules. It was just so good. And George McKay and and Nathan are both incredible in this movie. And I'm so happy that I know that it won a Biffa Award, which is a British Independent Film Award. And that's all that matters to me. But yeah, that's all that I that I got to this week. Amazing. I really want to watch Femme. I've heard of that. I love George McKay. I know. Listen, so I didn't good. understand the fascination behind that man. I'm not going to lie. But then I watched this movie. And once again, he has been promoted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He is 100% a employee now. I will be looking out for all of his stuff. I will be watching all this stuff. Have you um, seen uh, 1917? No. You see? And I, I need you to gotta get, get gotta get into that. And it has Dean Charles Chapman. I know my I voice. Know. Now we are gonna get into Madame Webb. Olivia, do you want to kick us off? I can. So you keep saying Madame, but I was gonna say Madam. Oh. <laughs> um, but I'll I'll stick with Madame. No, I mean, uh, I say madam, but you can say madam. It's because you're a proper British woman. No, it's, <laughs> I hate you so much. No, um, it's not. Just, I don't know. So, How do you say it again? Wait, what'd you say? Madam? No, <laughs> madam. no. You, you, can, you can say it that okay. way. Though. Okay. Say it however you say it, please. So this a film follows Dakota Johnson's character, Cassie, who's a paramedic <laughs> in Manhattan who, after an accident, develops psychic abilities as a clairvoyant, which allowed her to see future events within the spider world and kind of becomes a reluctant hero. So because she has the power to see the future and confront, she has to confront her past. Um, so she's trying to protect three girls whose future she witnesses. Julia Cornwall, played by Sydney Sweeney. Anya Corazon, played by Isabel Merced. Merced? Merced. 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 And Maddie Franklin, played by Celeste O'Connor, who will become different spider women in the future. Ugh, I have thoughts. Um, yeah. And Ezekiel Sims, played by Tahar Rahim, is hunting these girls because they kill him in the future. Mm-hmm. Because he can also see the future. Yeah. Um, so after she sees the three girls who are all somewhat kind of connected to her um, and this spider guy not even a spider-man a spider guy who even knows what he is (laughs) who knows what he is so ezekiel sees these three girls kill him in the future ezekiel sims also apparently worked with dakota johnson's mother studying spiders in the peruvian amazon of course so it's kind of the intersection between 
him and Dakota, and she's protecting these three girls from him. Um, and it's kind of an origin story for uh, the three girls, uh, kind of, but more about Madame Webb, who in the comics is usually depicted as an older woman who's blind and also paralyzed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so this is a sony distributed marvel film Mm -hmm. um so kind of adjacent i guess to the mcu yeah mcu adjacent but not doesn't directly not whatever happens yeah like not in the universe um so this movie was so bad in my Mm -hmm. opinion which i think is shared by many (laughs) yeah it i i I have so many thoughts. I'm going to let you go first because I need to know what you thought because you gave it more stars than I did. Okay. Yeah. What did you give it? I gave it one and a half. Okay. I gave it two and a half. Okay. Um, For me, it's not as bad as people made it out to be. Um, It was, I mean, it's still not the best movie. It's not good <laughs> at all, but I don't know. I I was genuinely excited because regardless of what reviews were which obviously like they were coming in hot and fast and they all said the same thing that it was basically a shit movie and like waste of money and time and energy and space but I was excited because I was like I'm going into it thinking that this is going to be a camp movie like exactly it's so bad it's kind of good and so going into it with that pre- preconceived notion I enjoyed my experience a lot better but it still doesn't make it a good movie like in mm-hmm. any way shape or form this movie is not coherent narratively or tonally and I don't think anybody behind the camera knew what they were doing or how to execute it but that doesn't I don't know like I feel really bad for saying that because obviously like there's this been whole this there's been a really big discussion on Twitter being like you guys don't know how hard it is to make a movie and I get it I don't and I probably never will but I feel like S.J. Clarkson should have had more autonomy into like selecting I guess or rewriting better storylines for these characters because it just wasn't it wasn't exciting for me there was no thrill there was no suspense so the story is basically this guy wants to kill these three girls because he they in, in whatever dream he conceived they kill him first and he wants to get ahead and just kill them, get them, get them out of the way. But then Dakota somehow is in the picture now. And it's like, okay, like, so kill the three <laughs> girls. I don't care. Yeah. Like, the villain is so lame. I don't, I've never he, used that word to describe he it. Added but it added nothing. He added, added nothing, nothing to the story. Whatsoever. And my, my issue with him also, like, I don't know what was going on there. Because I felt like he was, all his lines were, like, added post. Dub. everything was an audio dub is he is he for is he a foreign speaker like i don't i don't get it he didn't say a single line he would nothing nothing. he said was coming out of his mouth it was all dubbed or not even shown it It was adr it's his back 100 (laughs) percent. i'm like what's going on here i was so confused and i thought i was the only one but i turned to my friend and i was like "Are, are we seeing the same thing like is this guy saying anything on screen and she's like no no, the and theater it, was laughing every it, time he yeah, said the line. Yeah, it was so bizarre. It was it was really weird. Um, and yeah, not much happens to the, these three girls that are introduced, anyways. Nothing. Uh, they're just there with Cassie, um, for her character development, if that. Anyways, and then also like the writing. So this writing duo, I don't know if you know, 
but they have a history of horrible movies do they do like morbius they did they did gods of egypt they did dracula untold the last witch hunter which all of them canically flopped in the box office um which i mean i don't understand how they were given yet another movie to do i they must have tea on someone in hollywood yeah because there's just no way i just i really didn't like what i especially didn't like was the the whole her going into this like weird doctor strange-esque web web dimension hell (laughs) was that what was that i don't know i don't know and her like listening her to her mother like talk about how she was like doing this for her kid like getting the spider venom so she like wouldn't be ill or yeah yeah yeah. and she was like you did it you did it mom (laughs) oh my god you did it for me i think that moment it really solidified that dakota johnson is not a good actress for me like i'm sorry i i I love her and how to be single and i think she fits in that type of genre when it comes to her acting style but in a serious role that like baby you're carrying it yeah it just doesn't work mm-hmm. i i also hated when sydney sweeney would address dakota as cassie because i'm like girl no that's your cassie, your cassie. <laughs> <laughs> and it just bothered me so much and i'm sure Same. it was weird for her too um and then obviously my one big thing was like the line from the trailer that we all know and love he was in the amazon with my mom when he was researching spiders right before she died is not in the movie like what do you mean it was not it did you hear (laughs) no i don't i don't so many batshit lines were happening i was like not even paying attention to that no that line is not in the movie whatsoever and i was so so excited she was meant to explain that to them exactly and then she never did oh my god and i just don't understand she literally i mean when they get together with her they say, oh, my God, this is a kidnapping. And she's like, no, it's not a kidnapping. But, girl, yes, it was. It, it fully was. was. That's a stranger. That is you do not know her. <laughs> oh, my God. And, yeah, I think the funniest thing of all was um, my friend's review, Priya, <laughs> which made me die laughing, and it still does. Her review was, oh, my God, her legs broke and her eyes broke. <laughs> <laughs> Literally broke. It broke. I was like, this is the funniest thing ever because I just, I honestly, I don't think I knew who Madame Webb was before this. Not going to lie. I didn't know what she looked like and what her end goal was. But to know that she's a blind woman who's in a wheelchair and then they somehow put Dakota in a wheelchair. It was just so, I was so confused. In those sunglasses? I could not. Okay, Yeah. That's all I have to say. What? Yeah. That meme, did you see that meme of like her in the hospital bed where it's like my spider women? <laughs> it was t- I was killing me. Oh, the, it I, really is. I would be lying if I say I didn't have fun when no. I watched it. Like yeah, I was yeah. laughing, laughing oh, 100%. a lot. Yeah, yeah. And like the performances like weren't all bad. I can't say that like I could see like Dakota, I I I know what she's capable of. When she's given a good script, mm-hmm. but it's the script is so bad. It's so yeah. bad and yeah. so unserious and horrible. And there's so much like studio meddling. Like the, I, it's it's oh. what they want. Like it's 100%. not what S.J. Clarkson was wanting. Like yeah, I have faith in female directors. Like this was the studio wanting to make changes. 
No. Ezekiel, who, he was bad. Like, that was the performance. He he never talked. He literally did not say a single <laughs> line. And let's talk about the girl from Girls. Sh- Shoshana? Yeah. Why is she in? She was like fucking Penelope Garcia, Criminal yeah. Minds level, like, <laughs> what do you need? Blah, 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 blah. Like, what is that? I don't, what? I hate, that's my least favorite character in anything. And at any time where it's like the computer guy who could just yeah, yeah, do yeah. anything. Who's, who's um. been given this like key to like <laughs> all the cameras in the fucking city. Literally just... anything. Um, So crazy. He's just, he was so one note. He added nothing to the story. Dakota was also just insane during some of those scenes. <laughs> so random that Emma Roberts was in this. Oh Why? my God. The way this was a jump scare for me. And then also nothing happened with her character that made any impact to the story whatsoever. Get, get into this though. I learned this after. So the Parkers in this are Ben Parker. Like Adam Scott's character was Ben Parker, who's Shut Uncle Ben. The fuck. So the baby, um, the baby in Emma Roberts' stomach is Spider Man. Is, Par- is wait, Peter wait, Parker? Wait, 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 <laughs> so wait a second. That's so Adam Scott. I didn't realize his name was Parker. Me either, because I don't think they say it ever. I heard. Like, so I like, read what this the hell is the point of this then? Oh, like I guess like a weird little Easter egg, but it's no. But they should have made it more apparent for viewers to enjoy in the cinema, and not have to Google it after. Agreed. Like it was such a wasted. What the hell? So because that's actually really cool. You know? So Adam Scott plays Ben. He does fine. He's just like completely wasting the character. Mary Parker, the mother of Peter Parker, is played by Emma Roberts. Of all the people, and Scott. <laughs> um. Robert, she's okay. She's like fine. All just wasted in the role. Oh my god! Wait, hold on. Do you know when they play that little guessing game? Yeah, of like the name. Yeah, and then they never. Well, she she doesn't get the chance she to never... say the name in the delivery room when she finally does have it. I'm like, oh, maybe she's gonna lean down and like, hello, little whatever, and then welcome to the world. There's some like stupid line like that where it's like they would say the actual baby's name. They don't because that would have been a really great opportunity to be like, Peter. hello, Peter Parker or something. <laughs> no, they had oh. the opportunity right there. Like, I don't get it. Squawk. Like they did not. They did nothing with it. Holy shit. This makes me so mad. Um, And like May, Aunt May, like, because I guess that's who Adam Scott would have been seeing. Like he's here. He's like, I'm seeing someone. But like they never say her name. This and, is like, just horrible. <laughs> Because the op the opportunity was right there, and like Sony owns Spider Man, so it's not like yeah. they don't have the rights to it. So, like, I don't understand why they couldn't have done that. Like, why don't why not mention the names? Oh it my god! Insane. And like the baby shower, yeah, like the guessing game. Nobody says Peter, and then Peter's born, married. They don't say the name. Like, what are you doing? That's so annoying. I'm actually livid right now. But, like, the insane, crazy, stupid-ass line where it's like, when you take on the responsibility, great power will come. The fuck is that? (laughs) Like, they said said, ChatGPT, switch around this line and make it Yeah, yeah, yeah. So insane. I just could not deal with how horrible the script was. Insane editing choices. Like, the weird, like, flashes of, of something that added nothing in my head though like for whatever reason because i love seeing romance when there isn't romance um i fully was believing this like enemies to lovers between isabella merced and celeste o'connor for sure you know what i'm saying division thank you um but they didn't deliver 
and they just didn't really add anything like and you don't even get to see them with spider powers yeah like it's obviously setting up a sequel but this movie flopped and i don't know if we're getting a sequel where they have the powers (laughs) here's the thing i will be sad if there's a sequel like i want to see this story because they though i think it was a lousy introduction to these characters i like the actors enough to sit down for a sequel I don't yeah. think the characters did enough for me to be interested, but you have these three young girls who are like super cool and based off the vision, I feel like could be really kick ass yeah. and I want to see that, but I don't think it's likely that we will be anytime soon. Overall, just an insane film. So crazy. I I mentioned this earlier, but like the scene where she's in like the web dimension, mm-hmm. where she's like standing next to her mother a memory of her mother talking to a doctor being like she has this some kind of disease mm-hmm. and I, I need to go to figure out this disease and she starts crying <laughs> she's like you did it i didn't even know i was sick <laughs> i was like what are you talking about right now yeah this movie honestly you have to see it to believe it on how absurd it is it yeah. was camp though yeah it, it was 110 yeah it was campy as hell i don't regret watching it but will i watch it again no no i'll be doing that <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah those, those are all my thoughts okay i think i feel like we were on the same page with this yeah. movie on to one that honestly will probably stick with me forever the iron yeah. claw directed by sean darkin who is American Canadian, so we're claiming him. Oh. Yeah. But this is based on a true story of the Von Eric brothers as they make history in the highly competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. So you have Kevin, who's played by Zach Efron. You have David, who's played by Harris Dickinson. Carrie, who's played by Jeremy Allen White. Michael, who's played by Stanley Simmons. And that's really it. Uh, there's four brothers in this movie. In real life, there was six. Six. But we will get into that later. Um, I want to know your take. What did you think of this movie? Because you watched it for the first time. Yesterday. Oh, wow. Yesterday. So it's fresh. <laughs> oh, my God. I cried so much. Oh my God. Um, it was so sad. Like, I went into this movie knowing it was going to be sad because I'd watched all of the TikToks of people, like, leaving the theater, like, bawling their eyes out and, like, hugging their brothers. <laughs> and I was yeah. like... Oh my god. So I actually put it off until now because I knew how sad it was gonna be. And I was like, I'm not gonna be able to physically <laughs> handle this. Yeah. Um I really enjoyed like the non like the not sad sporty parts more than yeah. I thought I would. Cause I'm not huge on sports movies in general. Um, and wrestling to me is like not the most interesting sport. Mm-hmm. But um this kind of wrestling is so performative and like thought through that I found myself so deeply enjoying those scenes. I mean, because every other scene was so sad. <laughs> um, You're like, this is a nice break. Yeah, this is a break. Them beating each other senseless yeah. in like a fun way, wearing little underwear, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is a great reprieve. Sorry, but- can I add that like, Zach Efron said that he felt like a stripper. Uh, and I don't, I'm not surprised. His balls were out. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He was wearing tidy whiteies. They all were. Yeah. He was like, am I in Magic Mike? Like, what did I sign up for? <laughs> um, the first time he had to walk out in front of all those people and the lights were so bright and it's just like, 
but hey at least he looked good he he was so buff in this it looked like it honestly it like it was physically hurtful mm-hmm. like it looked like it was painful how buff he was to, to be in his body like yeah. i'm sorry the f- opening shot he's in his bed and you see him getting the up veins? and the veins on this man's chesticles is insane, insane. i insane. can't even fathom being that ripped it's it's wild and he was already ripped like he was ripped when he did like baywatch yeah and like to to go to this it was like i don't understand how your body is even doing this like how is it even growing yeah it like and ever since he like he had the an accident who maybe a year or two ago where he fell broke his jaw completely yeah. and had to get it re something reassembled yeah <laughs> literally re- and so, so he funny. looked people were giving him so much shit about how different his face looked he doesn't look that bad he doesn't look bad at all he literally got hurt and like needed it to be changed it's not like he got like plastic surgery and they botched it yeah like i so i'm i i don't vibe with those people who are making fun of him for how his face looks now i'm i don't like that yeah me either um i will be a defender always same i'm his biggest fan i've always loved him and you cannot help but like connect so deeply with his character because mm-hmm. all he wanted was for him and his brothers to like have a happily ever after and live together on this ranch. <laughs> and I like, know. it made me really happy to see like hit the real life family at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Um, like hit the family he's created is so big and they all live together. Yeah. Like we're obviously going to spoil this movie, I think. Um, oh you can't yeah. not no, like, like whoever's listening now if you have not seen the iron claw please stop right now because we will get into spoilers and it will ruin yeah. the enjoyment of the movie it will but it's based on real life and we really need to discuss it so yeah you have been warned yes absolutely it's just like i and i cannot even imagine the grief that this man in real life has had to deal with like yeah. not just i he was the only brother who is not dead yeah in real life he had six mm-hmm. or he, he was six in total yeah it like in the film the first brother died when they were six and a half like he was a child like a small child yeah and then but in the film they've cut out one of the brothers completely um, which is chris, the youngest one yeah chris yeah. von eric who also committed suicide yeah they just completely removed he that. He fell into depression because of Mike, who also committed suicide. And then he killed himself at the age of 21. 21. Like, I... In, so I, young. Tragedy. And I honestly, like, it's, like, hard to wrap my head around. Yeah. That a family that was so big and so boisterous and really loved each other could fall into this quote-unquote curse yeah um like the second half of this film was just repeated gut punches delivered relentlessly and and effectively yeah like the last line he says it's just so unbelievably sad just i used to be a brother but i'm not anymore i can't like how do you even reconcile with that like i i don't even know where you begin to start processing that grief and like actually move on and to have 
two small children while mm-hmm. all this is happening. Mm-hmm. And like the, I'm sure like the emotional labor that Lily James's character had to do and his <sighs> real life wife, I'm assuming. Yeah. I, cause I know that fell on her and like so much of the raising. Cause obviously like you're doing. I mean, she th- was also integrated into this family. So she yeah, felt the loss she on was some, some level. Multiple losses over yeah. the time of being pregnant and having two children. Yeah. And I think they ended up having more. Mm-hmm. Just. It's just so devastating, and the fact that it's a true story, it's just earth-chattering. It's such a real and human story about family and loss and, like, what it means to be a brother. I could not deal with the dad. I was like, I hate <laughs> this so dad. <laughs> like, especially when he was Crazy. like, he called you. You didn't help him. Yeah. Fuck you. I almost threw up. I was so annoyed. <laughs> Like, oh my God. how dare you? And, like, the mom did it, too, where it's, like, do figure that out yourselves. They mention that multiple times throughout yeah. the film, where it, the, both the parents are, like, you help. Like, it's your, like, you figure it out. Like, you need to talk to him. Yeah. And it's, like, I understand you have multiple children, and it's mm-hmm. the 80s, so yeah. things are different. But yeah. you're just not gonna raise your kids? You're not gonna I be guess? involved in their lives in any way, shape, or form? Like, figure out for yourselves. Huh? Other than me putting mountains and mountains of pressure on you to make me proud and do the thing that I couldn't do. Yeah. These parents, like, while they were there and they did provide the basic essentials, the emotional yeah. support was not there whatsoever. At all. Like, it did not exist. And and they relied on the brothers having each other's backs, which is why they could, I guess, back out on in that aspect of parenting. Which, and that just made their deaths so much more impactful. Exactly. Like, because the brothers knew that's all they had Were, like, was literally all they other. had was each other yeah i girl i can't not. it's so sad i and zach efron has such a sad face in this yeah. too yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he was the perfect casting choice in my opinion i don't know who else could have brought in the mm-hmm. wrestling mon like sequences mm-hmm. to the forefront like he did and mm-hmm. provide the emotional depth that he did for the character i also need to talk about harris dickinson in this because he's one a hottie with a body (laughs) but also such a good actor i actually think he's such like an up-and-comer like he's not quite an up-and-comer he's been in many things but i still don't hear people talk about him to the extent that i think they need to because he's so talented yeah and he's so good at doing an american accent like it's i crazy. was just gonna say like him getting in that ring and telling harley rose or whatever to back off basically i was like oh my god yeah Wait, this is i'm not really i don't know if a texan accent is good but he convinced me i was like okay sir it sounded so good he's so talented he's such a he commands the stage and he's so hot it's crazy and he honestly like is he's so exciting to watch and exciting i i really like when i first heard of his casting in this movie i was like okay that's interesting choice i love him but i'm you know excited to see it um but to see his dynamic with jeremy and kevin and and stanley as well like i was like he fits like a glove like this is a Perfect. perfect addition to this this little family yeah um and and he poor baby he was a little insecure about his body because he wasn't as jacked as jeremy allen white or zach afron but it's like david in real life wasn't the most jacked either so he had kind of had to like 
obviously make it as accurate as possible. But he still looked good. He was buff. He was so you know? good. And so was Jer- Jeremy Allen White was also really, really great. He was His character was giving me a bit of um, lip from Shameless just because of yeah. he was so sad like not sad but like he was he does not know how to deal with emotions or like any kind of grief like he just dealt with it so poorly and like he didn't know what to do like he didn't know how to deal with that kind of grief Mm -hmm. and so he turned to like drugs alcohol and then like when he lost his foot in a motorcycle accident like he was one drinking and driving like never can go well yeah and then you see him on this motorcycle driving down the road, abrupt yeah. cut to him waking up in the morning, footless. I thought that was genius, by the way. I loved the way they were like, we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about the accident or what happened. No. We're just going to show you. And I love that they include that because you don't really see it at first. You're like, OK, what am I supposed to be looking for when it's that scene of just him in the kitchen? Yeah. And then you notice his foot is gone and you're gone. like, and it hits you. And you're like, holy shit. Like he is, his wrestling career is done for in that moment. And you realize the weight of that, the accident's impact. So yeah. Genius from, from Sean Dirk. And- he made many good choices. I think the in-ring sequences were all super electric. What he achieved, like Sean Dirk and achieved here by like bringing the world of pro wrestling and so much tragedy on the yeah. big screen is just like monumental. Um, because the world of wrestling was kind of magic. Like it was so strangely choreographed, and yeah. it's so it's, interesting it to is watch. Ham was the one who to bring it up, was like, So isn't it fake? He goes, No, it's not fake. And then he kind of breaks it down. He's like, it's based on performances. And if people mm-hmm. like you and the audience responds to you, that's how you move up the ranks. And being heavyweight champion, or whatever, is just a promotion to continue yeah. moving up. And I'm like, this makes so much more sense. So it is basically like you wear a costume and you perform for the crowd and the judges and if they like you better they will i guess move you up and you always have a chance better chance of winning yeah so 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 good and like there's such a dark side to it yeah and like that was so foreshadowed (laughs) on the screen like as as much as it possibly could like the dark side of wrestling led to so much of this tragedy that they faced along the way and I really gained a lot of respect for the art of wrestling and everything that goes into being that kind of performer. Yeah. Because um, that's hard. And, like, the pressure that it was putting on them as a family. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine – I can't imagine doing that alone. Like, they yeah. I'm, they had each other to lean on in so much of the first half, like, before everything started happening. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can't imagine doing that alone, like, not having someone to – practice with and learn with and be there and go through these motions with it's yeah. like that'd be so hard but i think the academy snubbed this for any nominations it's an absolute not joke. just the academy every Everything. major voting body because how do you watch this and say n- nothing about this appeals to me or the greater audience and nothing about it was good or worthy of an award or recognition in any way shape or form i think what the fuck but yeah i I agree with a lot of what you said. Obviously, super sad, super tragic. And it really is a heavy watch, but like very moving, very profound. And I think one of the best familial dramas we could have ever gotten. And I really respect Sean for 
taking this story that's obviously really personal because people are still alive and their families will be affected by this movie, of course, um, and depicting it in a really honest way to the best of his abilities. Obviously, mm-hmm. he couldn't include all the brothers, but I did read that Sean did go to Kevin um, and talk to him about the movie and he was okay with the fact that Chris wasn't in it. And also, I feel like he realized that there's already too much tragedy with the the main three mm-hmm. um, that adding Chris would have just felt like another tragic dump for no reason. Um, and so I totally understand that like the leaving him out and I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't take away from anything that happens in the movie because uh, they did merge Chris and Mike into one kind of person. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just think fantastic work for him. I cannot, I cannot say that enough. And I can't remember the first time I watched. I think I watched it early 2024, so it doesn't count as a 2023 movie for me. But had I watched it in 2023, it would have been in my top three. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think rewatching it a second time made me appreciate it a lot more. And to see Zach Efron and his skills and being utilized so perfectly in this movie, it was, it was, it made me really happy. I'm like, I knew that he could, he had that energy and that ability to do so. And this just gave him that room to mm-hmm. to show us that he is that man and will always will be. So yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed Zach Efron in this. Um they're the cast, of course, like we said, all of them. Amazing. Oh my god. But that dad. That dad. Listen, I haven't hated a dad like that since Dan Scott in One Tree Hill. No, do not get me started on fucking Dan Scott. (laughs) That is what he reminded me of, and I was like, I want nothing. This is your dream dad, not mine. Yes, essentially, because he literally shoehorned all of them into wrestling, and he says this one line that I found really. I know it. I think it was so I'm like, you're such a hypocrite. Like you're a liar. He said, I wouldn't put wrestling upon any of you. Like I didn't choose wrestling. I did it because my dream of being a pro footballer was taken away from me. He basically forced Carrie into wrestling. He absolutely forced Michael into wrestling as well. I wanted to be a A musician, a musician. He was first of all, let's talk about that song. I want to live that way forever. A banger. A banger and a half. So good. Yeah. No, he's yeah he wanted to be a musician and so he forced him into the ring and it's like you say they have a choice but you don't give them that choice to not be a wrestler like it doesn't make any sense to me and so he wanted to give them the illusion like you can back out obviously if you back out you can't enter the house again and you can't do this like yeah you are removing your love as a parent from them if they don't go down the path that you want which i mean just what kind of what good parent yeah like what good parent is giving ultimatums essentially like Like to make them pursue a dream that they didn't have i i knew that exactly what line you're going to talk about because that line pissed me the fuck off you're literally pressuring all of them into this i don't Mm -hmm. understand how you're saying i didn't want any of you to go down this path i'm like you literally did you you're making them (laughs) like in the present moment you are you're pressuring all of your sons yeah and so obviously they're gonna take and they're like uh, because everybody wants to feel the validation from their parents so they're going to take it with with stride and with love and be like you know i finally have my father's attention which brings me to another line when carrie's trying to get back into the ring 
and Kevin is training him, uh, Kevin's like, dude, you don't have to do this. You don't have to be a wrestler anymore. Like you can find something else that you love and focus on that. And then Carrie goes, so you can have all of dad's attention. Fuck you. So even at their big, big age, they're still fighting over who gets their father's love and attention, which to me, like they never, they've never outgrown that because of how important and how little he showed them. And it was only after the other three sons had died where Zac Efron finally kind of took that pressure away and was like, I don't care if you Mm -hmm. don't think I should sell your business. Like, I don't need this validation from you anymore i'm not worried about it anymore like i have i've dealt with too much and been through too much to even care about what you're thinking about me or what i'm doing with my life and i was like yes growth so one thing i did want to touch on is lily james i listen i'm not her biggest fan don't particularly like her or her acting um so in this movie it just like it irked me even more she was such a pick me girl <laughs> can we just can we say that because she was I don't know if that was true for Pam's character and what she you know how she pursued Kevin but it was just like getting him to sign the autograph and being like don't you have manners um and then after that being like he's like oh well, I've never really been asked out before she goes well if all goes well that you wouldn't have to be asked out again I'm like girl just just ask him out and go you know what I yeah. mean like and then also the whole eating ribs thing and he tells him about I lost my my youngest brother when I was whatever and then she's like hmm and there's like really sad pouty face and then walks around the table while this man is eating wings or ribs and hugs him and so he has like obviously he, he's like been sucking on his fingers and he <laughs> it's this awkward hug that like he places his hands on his back trying not to get his dirty fingers on her like what is what is the point of all this just yeah she didn't add too much to this film for me like i know like she needed to be there so that his character like had something to keep him going basically and like obviously he's married in real life so and like their love story i enjoyed that he always had her to kind of lean on like even after the brothers kept dying yeah but, like, her character did not add much to me. Like, when she was like, I'm going to be a veterinarian and I'm going to have my own practice and I need a man who's okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm are you like, okay with that? Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, can you imagine you're on a first date with a man and he's like, yeah, when we're going to get married and then all of our kids can live on the ranch. Or like, uh, all my brothers are going to come live with us. Like, I'd leave no. swiftly and quickly. <laughs> fuck no i don't want your family living with us yeah um like no matter how nice they are anyway that was sounds crazy but interesting i did not know you didn't like lily james no i'm what like what turned you off of her is just like stuff she's been in um no because i particularly like uh pride and prejudice and zombies i'm not gonna lie like uh, i feel like i really (laughs) of all of her things that's a really good movie i found it really uh weird and i loved it um but just her in general i don't think she's like an interesting person to watch i don't really i don't get excited for her stuff i heard that she was an absolute asshole on set really yeah and it's not it's not good to like people this is just something i read like a while ago and i've I've stuck with it interesting i also thought it was so funny her name was pam 
because the last thing I watched was Pam and Tommy and I was like roar that's crazy <laughs> I have a couple things I want to I want to touch on with this movie because mm-hmm. uh, there's just so many yeah um do you remember the shot after the six man championship where it was uh someone injecting themselves with testosterone it was it was yeah. uh David and then you and then it like there's another layer of like Carrie and it's kind of like woozy and there's another layer of Kevin and it's then all three of them in this one shot and they're all like the 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 layers are like faded on top of one another I don't know how to describe it but it's like so beautiful and it just stuck with me and it's like so crazy because they had won the six-man championship mm-hmm. right but they look so defeated and it's because now they know their their dad probably expects so much of them yeah and even if they do win it's never enough for them or for him but more for the dad devastating yeah. it's just absolutely devastating. um and then obviously i want to talk about the the, the, the line dancing zach efron zach efron knows how to carry a bait oh my Don't god he. Don't his high school musical experience kicked in and no one stood a chance no not a <laughs> that was australian that was australian i don't know what happened there um yeah no he was so good and i love that little moment with all of them dancing as his brothers so like, sweet. that was a really high moment for me in the film like this is so cute just family being a family um, i love the wedding scene especially because yeah. it was basically the only happy <laughs> it's actually yeah it was like mm, here's a five minutes where nothing bad happens yeah other than One... david throwing up blood so exactly yeah, yeah i was like that that moment i felt like really safe and happy and because i was like okay nothing's happening in this immediate moment that i should feel you know anxious over mm-hmm. um but yeah this and then this final one that i i think no one really talks about which is so insane to me because i i saw it and i was just like this is fucking insane um so when mama von eric is sat watching the rick flair match right um with carrie yeah and the ghost of david is sitting on the stairs watching it with her and then she goes yeah she looks back and she feels him but doesn't see him and Sean Durkin, you're so sick and twisted for that. You were so, so sick and twisted. Sick and twisted. The, the part that I started crying. That was such a, it was, I can't, I will never forget that moment. Same. I, I, I remember so distinctly. Well, I watched it yesterday. So, but like I held it together pretty much until the very end. Mm-hmm. And it was when Zach Efron was holding Jeremy Allen White's body, like oh, carrying him inside. God. Yeah. And then he just like, laid him on the table then it cuts to him in that boat yeah. rowing and it's him being like brothers brother. and then when he's hugging the little brother who passed away when he was six or five yeah. and he like picks him up and he's so perfectly small and they're like I, they just yeah. are all hugging and the reason i was i was bawling my eyes out but yeah. the reason i was crying was i was like I wanted them to mention that they've left Kevin yeah. in the, the in life, not yeah. the afterlife. Like they're now reunited in the afterlife, but like yeah. they have left their one remaining brother uh-huh. alone. Sorry, I think that was so I like I, he was, I don't know what the word for it is, but 
poignant. There you go. Yeah. Because there's that scene with all hugging and it's very light and airy and there's like a golden shade and it's like it feels very yeah. safe and warm and great. And then it cuts to the harsh reality of Kevin just sitting there and the 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 coloring is like blue and gray yeah. and, yep. and really not fun at all to be in. He's staring at his dead brother while the rest of them are happy in this afterlife thing. And I, the only ever time I've seen like people united in the afterlife with a loved one um, was in a show called Rain. And I loved that ending so much. And it got me and it got me again now with the yeah. Iron Claw. And it's such a, maybe people find it like, silly and, and dumb but I find it a really me powerful too. narrative tool that can be used to show the differences in like reality and afterlife and like the whole like reuniting of you know loved ones and shit like yeah. that and I think it could be a really moving part of a story when done well and yeah. this was done exceptionally well so so good I I also like people have been talking a lot about that last that final scene where it's um just Zach Efron like sitting on the ground yeah. crying and his son's come yeah. over and say like why are you sad to be a brother and then in the fore foreground like you see the little pond lake and i'm curious if that is the lake that he's sailing on in the afterlife and like mm -hmm. that's where they meet up um because i was kind of waiting i think maybe maybe this is like kind of corny but i was kind of waiting for the ghosts of them to kind of like be around there when they were playing the football yeah at the very end i was kind yeah. of like waiting for them to kind of like be involved somehow yeah and i'm after it ended, I was like, I'm kind of glad he didn't do that. I think it would have taken away from. It would have blurred the line between reality and fiction. Yeah. And like, it would have made it like strangely unrelated to everything else that happened in the movie. And yeah. like, it needed to be, it needed to showcase that like, this is what's left. Like after all of this has happened, it's like, these are the people you have left. And like, this is the life that you have to continue going on from. Yeah. And so it was like really impactful. I was crying so so much and i posted on my instagram story how much i was crying <laughs> i saw I'm like and oh then, my god uh, everyone so many of my friends were yeah responded being like i went like to this to the movies like with my entire family on christmas day to go see this Shut and no up. idea <laughs> i was like girl no, that's I kind be of beautiful because they probably came out of that being like i have to love and appreciate these people so much more yeah my my brother also responded to it and he was like i'll i will be your brother i was like they all died so please just don't die is basically all i'm asking he's like i got you oh like, this really movie is. is is phenomenal i would recommend it to anyone it is emotionally heavy but it's important a hundred and ten all award shows should be genuinely ashamed of themselves and shout out to whoever made jeremy allen white wear crop tops because i especially Bring. love them bring back crop tops on men yes like what happened how was this era so filled with toxic masculinity yet littered with crop tops yeah 